Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. When you study the Gospels, and I would encourage you to do this if you haven't already, but do a study between the Father and the Son and their relationship. That unique perspective of the relationship between our Heavenly Father and the Son. It's such a magnificent study to go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and begin to see the interaction of Jesus with his Father. This very special relationship that they shared. This unity, this oneness that they had. Jesus says in in Matthew uh, chapter 11, verse 27, you can just put it in your notes tonight. He said, all things have been committed to me by my Father. Hear that. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. And those whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. In John chapter 17, in verse 25 and 26... Jesus says this, he says, Father, you are the one who is good. The world does not know you, but I know you, and these people know you that sent me. I showed them what you are like, and again, I will show them what you are like. Then they will have the same love for you that you have for me, and I will live in them. That's John 17, 25, and 26. I told you to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 tonight, didn't I? So Paul, beginning to read, I, I think what I want to do is I want to lead up to verse 7 through 12. That's, that's really going to be our highlight tonight. But let's start in verse 1. For you yourselves know, brethren, that in our coming to you, it was not in vain. But after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much con- conflict. Verse 3, for our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, nor was it in deceit. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men... But God who tests the hearts. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witnessing. Nor did we seek glory from men, neither from you or from others, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. Now, you see what Paul is doing here. Paul is actually, in a way, I'm going to use the word, and I don't like the word, but he's defending his apostleship, okay? And he's saying, this is how we came to you. This is how we conducted ourselves among you. In verse 7, he says, but we were gentle among you. Just as a nursing mother cherishes her own, so affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and our toil for laboring night and day, That we might not be a burden to any of you, we preach to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we have behaved ourselves among you who believe. As you know, how we exhorted 
and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Isn't that powerful? I'm speaking to you tonight about the treasures of, of fatherhood. The treasures of fatherhood. I was thinking as I was beginning to prepare this message in, in the Gibbs house, we love movies. We love to watch movies and our, our children love to watch it. My wife and I enjoy movies and I was thinking about the interaction between fathers. How many of you remember the movie Pride and Prejudice? We, we absolutely love that movie. Listen to the ladies. Oh, my God. Oh, my, oh, oh, I felt that. It, was that the anointing? Pride and Prejudice. And so you have this family of girls. And Elizabeth, the main character, she is going through the trials of her life. And she sees her other sisters getting married and wedded and being sent off and marrying their husbands. And so she's still in a, a place of turmoil because of Mr. Darcy. Are you tracking with me tonight? But there's an interaction that happens in that movie, and it's between a daughter and a father. And it happens in the library of the dad when Mr. Darcy comes and asks for permission to marry his daughter. And after Mr. Darcy leaves, Elizabeth comes running. You may remember the scene. It's such a powerful scene. She comes running into the library, and she sits before her dad, and she's in tears. And Donald Sutherland is such a masterful actor. He's so powerful and incredible in this scene. And he's crying before Elizabeth, and he says these powerful words. He said, I never dreamed and believe deep down that I would find someone worthy of you. It's a very beautiful moment. It's a very tender moment. And it happens between a daughter and a father. There's another movie that we really love in our, our home. It's called The Patriot with Mel Gibson. And, and uh, thank you for that amen in the back. <laughs> it's powerful. And, and in the story, Benjamin Martin, the character played by Mel Gibson, Benjamin Martin, he's in the crucible, really, of the Revolutionary War. And the war has now come crashing down upon his entire family. His wife has died, and he's got seven children. And every dynamic of the relationship between the fathers and the daughters and the fathers and the son is in an epic strain. There's so much stress in the household because the Revolutionary War has literally made its way to the very doorstep of the Martin household, and everything is just crashing in around them. Cannons, fire, guns, the Continental Army, uh, the English Army invading. And there's this tender exchange between a father and son because now the oldest son, Gabriel, is fighting for the Continental Army. And you may remember, he makes his way back to the house and he's been wounded, and his dad binds up his wounds. His father binds up his wounds, takes the time, and then the army comes to their front door, and now Gabriel is wanting to leave, and they're in an argument, and the, the father says to him, he says, I command you, do not leave. You're not allowed to go back. And he says, Dad, I have to go and fight. He said, Dad, I'm no longer a child. To that, the father yells at him, and he says, you're my child. It doesn't matter how old you get. You're always your father's son. 
And you're always the daughter of your daddy. Amen? I want to throw back to a beautiful movie, and I think Terry will love this. Robert Redford plays in a movie called The Natural. How many of you have seen that? It's set in the context of baseball with Roy Hobbs, now, by, now batting, number nine, Roy Hobbs. And the storyline goes that, that Roy goes after his dream late in life. Lots of things go wrong for him, and late in life he's able to get into baseball. But what he finds out along the story journey is that he has a son, and he didn't realize that he even had that son earlier in his life. And this son has grown up with a dream inside of his heart that he had a father, wanted to know his father, be restored to his father. And then Robert Redford's character then discovers that he has this son, this adult son. It's a powerful movie. I remember watching it with my dad when I was a boy, and I remember it was the first movie I had ever cried in. I was laying on the couch, and I, I took a pillow so my dad wouldn't see me crying. He's watching online right now, so he, now he knows. But I, I took a pillow, and I, I brought that pillow up really, really slow because I started crying so hard, and I'm going to try to hold back the tears right now. But the closing scene of that movie is a father, okay, here it comes, the father is restored to his son, and the son is restored to his father, and there's this beautiful wheat field in the Midwest, and they're throwing the ball back and forth with one another. It's just a beautiful scene. Let's all go watch it tonight. <laughs> there's a movie that we watch every Christmas. It's called The Nativity. How many of you own that? It's absolutely beautiful, and in this story... Joseph and Mary, they're traveling back to the city of Bethlehem to register for the Roman census. You remember this. And Joseph's character in the movie, he, he is talking with Mary, and they're having this very tender moment, this very tender exchange over a bonfire before they reach Jerusalem. And Joseph says to Mary at that time, he says, I, I'm afraid and I'm concerned that will I even be able to teach him a single thing about life? <laughs> it's quite a question. You marvel at that. It's not easy being a father. It's not easy being a son. It's not easy being a daughter. Relationships have conflict. Re relationships have difficulty. What I ask the Lord to do tonight, that while I am ministering to the best of my ability, that a healing anointing really flows in this place, specifically for some of you, where the relationship has been so strange or cut off that there's healing. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, are you still there? This is powerful. The first point I want to give you is that a father has the ability to express genuine love. Write that down. A father has the ability to express genuine love. It's the first trait of a father. He's able to express his love. Notice what Paul says in verse 8. He says, we love you so much that we imparted our own lives. Don't miss that. 
He says, we love you so much that we have imparted our own lives. In the original language, those words, they express an intensity of a love that gives over and over and over again. Paul says, it's hard to even find words to express how much, but we really do love you. Now, I think that's an important character trait of any father that we learn how to express the love that is within us. And, and honestly, for most men, that does not come very naturally. It's something that has to be learned. It has to be something that is taken on. I, I've said many times we actually learn how to give by receiving. Jesus said in Matthew 10 and verse 8, to his apostles, he says, freely you have received, now go and freely give. Don't miss this revelation. Freely you have received. See, what Jesus did, Jesus fathered those boys. He fathered those men. And he said, because you have freely received from me, you've sat under my ministry. You've let me father you. You've let me love you. I've revealed the Father to you. If you've seen me, you've seen your Father. If you've seen me and you have any other further questions about what is Dad like, what does Dad look like, what is Dad's character, what is Dad's feelings, he told the apostles, all you have to do is look at me. I'm the express image of the invisible God, the Scripture says. And so you learn how to actually love by receiving love. You learn how to forgive others by being forgiven. You learn how to give mercy to others by being the recipient of mercy. You learn how to give power away when you've received power. Are you with me? So notice that it says, first of all, expressing love. The, the ability to express genuine love. Paul's an apostle. He's expressing, I love you so much. I'm, I'm trying to find the words to express my love for you. And I think men have to learn how to love. It's very true for the father and child relationship. We have to learn how to love. And I think many things are learned. Guys, do you remember when your first baby was brought home? Do you remember that? You remember when your first son was brought home, your first daughter was brought home? All the things that you had to learn. I look at Tony over here holding his grandchild, Roman, tonight. Think about all the things that we had to learn. It was like the ladies, the, the mother and that was always on the inside of Bryn just manifested the, the moment we had Josiah. But for me, it was something that was, it had to be learned. You know, how, how do you hold your baby? How do you hold the baby just right? How do you tuck the neck? How do you watch out for that little soft spot in the back? And, and Bren knew when the sleeping times were and the feeding times were and the, uh, the, cha the changing times were. <laughs> yes. We had to learn how to do that. Dads, did you, did you ever struggle with a diaper? There's three honest men in this room. Did you ever struggle with a diaper? Yeah. We had to learn these things. It didn't, it didn't just come natural for us, did it? It's true. We had to learn it. Number two, a father has, he lives a transparent life. Would you write that down? A father lives a transparent life. This is the second trait tonight of the treasure of fatherhood. Paul writes in verse 8, look at it again. He says, we love you so much that we delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Everybody see that? That's, that's really big right now. 
We not only gave you the gospel of God, but we gave you our lives as well. Notice there's a connection between the gospel and our lives. It is one thing to hear the gospel, but it's another thing to live the gospel. Amen, fathers? It's one thing to hear the gospel. It's a completely other thing to live the gospel. What Paul is saying is when we lived among you, we, were not, we not only told you the good news, we modeled it for you by how we lived. Paul is saying fathers are the ones who live it before you. I like to say it like this, that fathers are not just one that like to lay their hands upon you. Fathers are the ones that like to lay their hearts upon you. You live it. It's an open life that you live before your kids. In the Christian home, being a father, guarding your children, watching over your children, we are commanded to teach our kids what matters most. And what we do is we model it for them by the life that we display before them. We show them what matters the most, honoring their mother, honoring the very presence of God in our home, honoring one another. We teach our kids what matters most. It's of the heart. It's of that which is integrity, that which is of love, that which is of God-centered passions, God-centered dreams. This is the high calling of fathers. Fathers do this. Fathers teach their kids finances. We teach our kids how to budget our money. Amen? Don't be quiet on me. Amen? We show our kids how to invest in the kingdom. We show our kids how to invest in others. A father, he models the generous heart of the Father God. Amen? We live generous. We teach our kids in our homes the atmosphere of joy. We keep that atmosphere flowing, making sure that laughter and joy is permeating the house. It's the role of a father. He's the point man leading them into a place of joy. There's a book by Robert Felgum. I would encourage you to give her, get, get the book. Robert Felgum wrote this book, and I'm cruising along quickly so I can finish this up tonight. He wrote the book, Everything I Need, need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Google the book. Everything I Need to Learn I Learned in Kindergarten. And he writes this here in his recent book. He says that it's normal when grown kids... When they go back to their home, that they begin to reminisce about things that they got away with or thought they got away with when they were growing up in their house. Think about that for a moment. Yeah, some of you are thinking deeply. I see smiles all over the room. He says it's, it's very natural that kids, grown adult children, when they go back to their house, they begin to reminisce about things that they might have gotten away with. And Robert says he had this moment sitting with his kids and had a funny a funny moment, and the oldest adult's son, he said, you know, Daddy, because I, I have a confession to make. When I was 14 and while you and Mom were gone, he said, I went out in the garage, I, I got into the car, I, I started the car up, I backed it out, and I drove it around the block, and I brought it right back into the garage so that when you got home, you never even knew that I had driven the car. And all, all the adult kids began to laugh amongst themselves, and 
He was like, hmm, hmm. Everybody laughed. They went on. He said, then the oldest son, yeah, he said, there was another time that you and mom, you went to the grocery store and all of us kids, we went out back because we got your cigars out. We were back out the back smoking some cigars and you came back early and we rushed inside and we're doing everything we could and we were afraid you were going to find out. But of course, we, we got away with it again. And then Fulgham speaks up to his children, and he says, uh, he said, actually, me and your mom, we actually got away with some things that uh, you didn't know about. <laughs> he said, for instance, he said, all the Christmas cards that your grandma sent you every year, we took a cut out of every, every card that came in. <laughs> he said, there was a lot of times we were serving you leftovers, and you never knew it. We were disguising those leftovers. He said, he said, you know when you called me from camp? He said, do you remember when you called me from camp? And you were, home, you were so homesick and you said, oh, Dad, I miss you. I miss you. And do you remember on the other line I said to you, oh, son, I miss you so bad too. He said, I lied. <laughs> Fulgham goes on to say, he says, you know, on a very serious note, he said, there were times in my life when I told you that I loved you. And it was so difficult for me to tell you that I loved you because I didn't love anyone at that time in my life, nor did I love myself. It's a deep book. I got a funny story. I remember years ago, <laughs> I was the kind of boy growing up, my conscience if I, if I did anything and I stepped out of bounds, I had a conscience that was so strong, I'd have to go tell my mom and dad what I did. If I stepped out of line, I'd just go to them and just confess it. And uh, my mom and dad were thankful for that. And so uh, this particular time, I had really stepped out of bounds, and I had done something, and, man, I was, I was under burning conviction. And my mom was in the tub, and uh, she had, you know, she had the thing drawn, and I knocked on the door. I said, Dad, or Mom, 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 can I... Can I come in and talk to you? Can I come in and talk to you? And she says, yes. And so I went in there, and so I sat down on the toilet, and I'm, I'm pouring my heart out to my mom, and I'm telling her what I had done wrong. And, I, and I'm like, listen, whatever you do, do not tell Dad, please. Whatever you do, don't tell Dad. She's like, oh, honey, I promise I won't. I, I won't. And, and several years later, we're in the midst of this conversation. All of a sudden, my mom just starts talking openly about what I did. And I was like, oh, dear God. And uh, I'm like, uh, Dad, you knew about that. He's like, of course I did. And I'm like, how did you know that? He's like, I was in the tub with your mom. <laughs> At that point, my mind was blown. <laughs> blown. <laughs> I was like, wow. I, I, I. Anyway, I couldn't even fathom that in my mind. <laughs> Put on a whole nother level for a young man, a whole nother level. I didn't understand it. <laughs> fathers don't just need to see their kids as authority figures fathers have to see their dads or excuse me sons and daughters have to see their fathers as someone who is real someone whose heart has been touched someone whose heart has been changed and I always confess this over my life. I'm still changeable. It's a good confession. Adapt it. 
Amen. I'm still changeable. God, God's got us all in a great process of being transformed. You're still changeable. I'm still changeable. Our kids have to see that we're touchable in that way, that we're approachable, that we're accessible in that way. Not that we're just authority figures, but we're, we're amenable. We're accessible in their life. We're someone who's real. And when, when we make mistakes, we're able to go to our kids and admit it. And when you mess up, you fess up, and then you go and get up. Amen. Number three, a father has an unselfish diligence. I'm working my way. We're just about there. He has an unselfish diligence. Here we are in verse 9. Ready? Paul says, you remember, brothers, our toil and our hardship. We work night and day in order not to burden anyone while we preach the gospel to you. One more time. Brothers, our, remember our toil, our hardship that we work day and night in order not to burden anyone while we preach the gospel among you. I think there's a responsibility as fathers to teach our children a good work ethic. And oftentimes, if kids don't see a father who works hard and stays hard at it, they'll never learn it. There's two ways that we teach our kids a hard work ethic. We do it by example. We do it day in, day out, month in, month out, year in, year out. They see dad working. They see a father who's engaged, providing, working strong for his wife and and strong for his children. You're leaving me up here all along. I I don't hear any amens. Come on. There's a story about a little boy. <sighs> i got to be careful about my stories. My stories go long. But the story is the, the boy is trying to draw a horse. He's not very artistic. And his dad is very creative. His dad is an artist. He's very, you know, artistic. And, and he's trying to tell the boy how to, how to draw his horse, how to draw his And it's, his son is just so clumsy at it. And finally, the dad just takes, takes the pen and the paper and begins to draw the horse skillfully and says, Here, son, this is how you do it. And he said, Dad, Dad, but I wanted to draw my own horse. I wanted to draw my own horse. Some of you are history buffs in here like me, and I love this, this great story. When I say Alexander the Great, many of you know who we're speaking about concerning a king of the Grecian Empire. But if I say Philip of Macedon, some of us scratch our head. Philip of Macedon is Alexander the Great's father. It's a true story. Philip of Macedon had his servants around this um, gated-in area where he had a large black stallion wild horse that none of his servants could tame that horse. And one day, Alexander was sitting on that fence, and he jumped off, and he threw himself over that horse, and he rode that horse in that pen until it came to complete exhaustion, and he broke that horse. And Philip of Macedon said to his son, Alexander, he said, son, this kingdom is too small for you. Go and conquer the world and expand and build your own kingdom. When Alexander the Great got to the Himalayan mountains, at that point in in the world, there was no maps that went beyond that had ever even been uh, uh, drawn out for the known world past the Himalayan mountains. And Alexander the Great is the one who has said these masterful words, we are going forward and moving into uncharted territory. Fathers are ones 
who let their sons and their daughters go with a conquering spirit victoriously. Fathers are ones that commissioned their sons, they commissioned their daughters to be courageous in every season of their life. And let's go a step farther. Fathers are the one who empower their sons and daughters. When, when it's uncharted territory, our voice can be the voice saying to them, go forward, move forward in God. Yeah, there's no chart, there's no map for it. Go forward, go forward. That's a good word right there, amen. Number four, a father is genuinely, he, he is genuinely spiritual and mature. Paul says these words in verse 10. He says, you are my witness and so is God. I love how Paul says this. He says, you've watched my apostolic ministry. I've been a father to you. You have watched my life. This is what Paul's saying. He said, but so is God. And I love that. He takes the whole the whole playing field that he's saying, what I'm living out before you, you're not just watching it. God is watching me being a spiritual father to you. You see how Paul does that? I love it. He says, the perspective is you're watching, but I, I need to remind you, God is watching. That's what I try to do in this atmosphere every time that we come in here, folks, that God is listening and inclining his ear to his sons and daughters what we're doing. Oh, glory. He said, you are witnesses of God, how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believe. Wow, notice that. Powerful. You are witnesses of how we live. We lived holy, righteous, blameless lives before you. You watched our character. Fathers are commissioned to their family to be a spiritual leader who live holy and they live righteous and they live blameless before the Lord. There's no man in here that's perfect. But God is working in us His perfection. His perfection. Are you with me tonight? I'm going to jump down to number five. A father has a positive influence. A father has a positive influence. Paul writes, he says, for you know that we dealt with each of you. How did he do it? As a father deals with his own children. Watch the words he uses, encouraging, comforting, urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and into his glory. What does a father do? A father encourages a father comforts. A father urges his children to live lives worthy of God. Don't miss that tonight. A father encourages. A father comforts. A father urges his children to live lives worthy of God. It's all positive. It's all positive. You see that? A father, as fathers, we're not to be those who control. Whether it's to be a father in the natural or a father in the spirit. We're not called to control. We're called to confirm. We're not called to control. We're called to affirm. We're called to come alongside. Are you getting something out of this tonight? You with me? I want to read you a quick story. Oh, gosh, we've got 23 minutes. No, I'm not going to read you that story. <laughs> we'll do that another time. 
A father is number one. He expresses genuine love. A father, number two, he, he lives a transparent life. Number three, a father possesses and models unselfish diligence. Number four, a father lives genuine spirituality. He lives holy. He lives righteous. He lives blameless in the fear of the Lord. Number five, a father is a man who has a positive influence on his family. Amen? Dads, we want to honor you tonight. We've got some gifts in the foyer for you to take home this evening, but we want to honor all of our fathers. If you're a father in the room tonight, would you stand to your feet? Amen. Come on, let's give honor to these men tonight. Would you all stand tonight? Would you just extend your hands forward? Father God, Father, thank you for the men of valor, the men of your presence, the men of your voice, the men of your heart that are in this room. Thank you for these fathers. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bless the fathers of this house. I bless you to be spiritual elders and spiritual fathers in this house. To love, to cover, to embrace, to lay an example, to lay a model, to strengthen and guide and preserve. I bless you in your home in the dreams of your life with your own children and your grandchildren. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you will see all of your children in the kingdom. I pray that you will see them worshiping and dancing and tender before God. I pray for fathers in here that are contending for their prodigal sons and daughters to come home. Lord, I pray tonight in the name of Jesus that you will rescue those sons and daughters. Rescue them and bring them into the fold and into the family. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. Let it be so. Hallelujah. Let it be so. And Lord, I pray tonight for healing virtue to flow, for lives, Lord, that have, they have suffered the consequences of, of relationship taken from them, even their own fathers taken from them, or separation in Jesus' name. I pray for healing, healing. I pray that this weekend will not be vexing. It'll be a time of rejoicing because of the goodness of God. The goodness of God. Because He's a good, good Father. He's a good, good Father. In Jesus' name. May the Lord send you forth from this night. Honey, just join me up here and just stretch your hands towards the people. 
May the Lord send you forth tonight in the blessing of God, in the favor of God. May the face of the Lord shine upon you, the goodness of God shine upon you in your house. Go forth with gladness and be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. It's been a great night. Love you. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.